You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On this week's Something to Talk About, we are kind of fully wrapping up our uh, Advent season, and this week we are talking about the pursuit and our habits. People focus a lot on habits as we get into a new year. Um, So we're talking about that from a biblical standpoint and and what that means as a Christ follower. Uh, So again, we're kind of getting back into our normal schedule here. There is not a sermon posted uh, here on the podcast from last week, as you probably can tell. Um, We're having some audio issues, but you can check out that sermon uh, if you want to listen to it before you listen to this episode or after um, on our Facebook page. The live stream of it uh, is available for you there, so be sure to check that out. Here we are. Here we are. It's 2020. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, classic sitcoms. <laughs> We've spent a lot of time this morning talking about sitcoms before we got started, we so have. it's. Uh, um, I'm going to apologize been... if you, there's a slight buzzing noise during this. I'm not sure what's going on. It's happening in my ears right now, and it's. It's not in mine. Well, that's good. <laughs> not I, any more than usual anymore. Not any more than usual. <laughs> I don't have headphones, so I don't hear what Stacy hears. There's a slight buzz. I'm trying to figure out it's what it is. It's entirely possible that it's aliens. Yes. It's not entirely possible that it's aliens. Well, that's just confusing people. It is very So confusing. anyway, apologies for that. We'll try to get that uh, worked out. We're starting the new year out great. And we should probably just start out our podcast every day with a general <laughs> with an apology. apology. <laughs> just I'm just, just a sorry. blanket apology. Sorry for everything. Sorry, everyone. For everything that's about to happen. Uh, whatever For that those means. about to rock. We salute you. Right, let's get ha- started. Happy coffee day. Happy coffee day. <clears throat> we are, I won't keep any secrets from the podcast family we are recording this on a saturday maybe some secrets some secrets not many secrets. <laughs> but uh it will be posted on we will Tuesday. not tell you where waldo actually is do you know i do not do you know the muffin man but i do know where in the world carmen san diego is now that's now some rockapella is going to be in my head I, no i can't tell you though. okay all right <laughs> what are we talking about today habits habits the Happiness. pursuit of holiness oh. as we I was going to say happiness. <laughs> I really wanted it. I that, really wanted that, that, it. I know you did. And that was actually one of the considerations for the title as we went into um, this week was the pursuit of holiness. You know, the pursuit, our holiness. And as we wrap up the, the, the final um, vapor trail of this series, <clears throat> um, we called it um, the pursuit, our habits. Because we really want to focus in on uh, holiness as a practice more than well, I think a lot of times we fall into this um, false idea that holiness is just some mystical quality that some people have and other people don't have. Right. And, you know, we use terms like holier than thou. And, and a lot of times what is um, God's intent for us, God's best for us, uh, the, our, our purpose in, in life, a lot of times we see that wrongly and have sort of a negative connotation to it. And um, we also tend to think, because we think in terms of uh, holiness, like um, like it's a condition. Like it, you know, we think of depression. You know, and, and uh, this has come up a lot this last week. We tend to, in our in our era, and, and I think this has been going this way since the early 20th century, we tend to look at things as syndromes. We tend to, you mm-hmm. know, we see alcoholism as a as a disease, which. Uh, has just been accepted and yet 
there's a lot of legitimate debate to have about that. Uh, we look at depression as a disease, anxiety as a disease. What, really what we're talking about are symptoms of choices that, that um, you know, I saw a, a billboard heading into Chicago that obesity is a disease, not a choice. Well, maybe obesity isn't a choice, but the things that you choose very often lead to that. Are there certain situations where, where uh, physiological abnormalities can, can lead to that? Of course, that's true with a lot of things. But uh, as a rule, in, for 99.9% .9 of people, uh, the reality is my choices determine my destiny. And that's true no matter what. That's always true. My choices always determine my destiny. That doesn't mean I control my circumstances, mm -hmm. uh, but it does mean that I always control how I respond to my circumstances. We've uh, talked about this once or twice. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, <clears throat> I love Chuck Swindoll's quote about attitude. That's, this is the one string I can play on. You know, whatever else happens to me, I don't control any of that stuff, but I always control my own attitude. I don't control your attitude. I can want to control your attitude, but I can't. Have I can't. you ever wanted I, to control <laughs> I plead the fifth. Uh, but, I, but I always control mine. Right. I don't always feel like I can control my right, attitude. Right. So I'll often Especially tell myself, well, I can't circumstances. help it. You know, it's right. just, it just is, right, considering the circumstances, what am I supposed to do? Right. I can't help it. Right. You know, so that's right up there with the devil made me do it. And right. that, that whole mentality is a victim mentality. It becomes but, kind of cliche when you think of it like that. It really does. And God didn't make us to live that victim life, to, to be there. So as we've been talking about this whole gospel in the Advent and then coming out of Advent in the postlude last week as we were looking at, at how we respond to the gospel, it... It just seemed natural that we should be talking about what are we going to do about this? If we, if we have to respond, and we do respond, how do we continue? How do we continue this walk with Christ, this pursuit of holiness? And so often um, we, we get inspired through a sermon or a glorious and professional podcast. Uh, you know, Certainly to, not this one. <laughs> we go to uh, you know, a church service and we sing songs and something will really connect with us emotionally. And, I think especially and, like the services we've had recently, like with the Advent service and the Christmas Eve service, right. where they're special. The, and the they holiday feel, is conspiring right, right, to right. inspire you, right? So it's, it's the conspiracy of inspiration that, that happens through this. And as we're singing all these songs and you've got the lights and the you know, wonderful holiday movies and, and you know, sugar rush and all this kind of stuff that that contributes to these thoughts. We feel a lot of times like it's the spirit moving mm -hmm. when it's really the emotions being stirred. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean the spirit isn't moving, but it also doesn't mean that the spirit only moves when we have these, these emotions. Right, right. Uh, most of the time what we see in scripture, and, and actually that was kind of a challenge in the sermon, trying to come up with, you know, we tend to like proof text. We want something that says specifically, here's my, my point. But the Bible doesn't spend a lot of time actually saying, here's, you know, here's what you need to know about developing habits, about mm -hmm. good habits, bad habits, and so on. Mm -hmm. And yet it's throughout the entire thing, from the beginning to the end, we see this constant hammering of choosing repeatedly and what your, what your standard practice is and the definition of your life according to the preponderance of your activities and thoughts. And as we go through it, whether we're talking about, you know, uh, in Genesis where, you know, every thought and inclination of man's heart was only evil all the time, you know, to what we see in the 
end times where, where people are going to be constantly uh, drawn to this evil much in the same way. Or when we look at David as a man after God's own heart where he did uh, some really horrific things and yet he developed specific habits that took him in a Godward direction that caused him to repent when, when he was uh, ultimately caught. I mean, and that's another sermon for another time. But, uh, but as we're uh, as we look at Paul, Paul focuses a lot on do this, don't do that. Not because it's going to make you right with God, but because this is good and healthy practice. And uh, I, for some reason in the last uh, several months, probably because we did a study in Ephesians, uh, for the last several months we've just been seeing this pretty prevalently, prevalently in the book of Ephesians, which is rather neatly divided into the first three chapters and then the second three chapters um, what my father-in-law likes to refer to as our position in Christ and our practice in Christ Mm -hmm. so the the first three chapters are are indicative this is what is true of you in Christ and then the the last three chapters are imperative because this is true of you in Christ here's what you should live like you know we see in first John when he he talks about um, the the confidence and assurance that we have in our faith, it comes from the constant activity. When we act a certain way over time, it builds our confidence. We we have assurance because we see ourselves living in a way that reflects Christ. If we don't live in a way that reflects Christ, even if we're saved, it's really hard to be confident to have that, you know, we so often talk about assurance. We don't feel that blessed assurance if we're not walking with him rightly. Um, does that mean our relationship has been severed? No, but it means our fellowship is, is generally broken or weak. And so if I'm, you know, if I'm walking along the path with my daddy and we're uh, on this path through a dark forest and, you know, the path with him is safe and I feel safe because I'm holding daddy's hand. If I let go of his hand and I wander off into the forest and all of a sudden I find myself in the dark, scared to death, I'm not not his son and i'm not even while i might feel lost daddy daddy's still right there on the path he knows right where i'm at he's keeping track of me but i don't feel that Mm -hmm. and so that that level of assurance comes as we develop habits that foster discipleship so what we really want to try to do as we're doing it is we want to develop deliberate discipleship defaults so as we're we're switching from d's to r's here uh, as New we, Year, same alliteration. Yeah, well, <clears throat> mostly the same. Uh, <clears throat> if I had R's there, I would have thrown those in too, since all the points in the sermon were R's. But as we're you know looking through it, the the idea is not just to choose. And I think we get caught up with this in, in evangelicalism a lot. We think if we say a sinner's prayer, if we believe, then that's it. We're done. And yet. In no other area of life is that true. I don't. I don't think. Hey, you know what? That was a great breakfast. I'm good. I don't have to eat anymore. Never again. Never again. I'm, I'm done. I made my choice. Sometimes I, you feel like that I after ate, a good breakfast. <laughs> yes, and then a couple hours later, you're hungry right. again. But I have to continue that. Right. Or you know, New Year's we make a resolution. I'm going to change my diet. So I change my diet for a day or two. Yeah, and statistically you know, speaking, that doesn't last. Doesn't long. last very long. Um, so I'm going to change this. Mm-hmm. And I, so I eat a really nice salad. Mm-hmm. 
Well, one salad does not a healthy diet make. And right. so I, I have to continue a lifestyle of choices. This is one of the uh, one of the first things that Martin Luther emphasized in his 95 Theses that kicked off the Reformation, so to speak, uh, in 1517. One of the first things that he really drove home is that repentance is is intended scripturally, it's intended by God to be a lifestyle. It's an everyday, all the time, living in repentance, not something I do once and, and then periodically, oh, you know what, I kind of got off, I got to come back to this. It's an all the time thing. I need to constantly let go of my way and choose God's way. And and really what he's talking about is habit, to have a habit of, re, of repentance. And a lot of times we think of habits as a negative uh, a negative thing. You know, I have a bad habit. Uh, and Old habits die hard. Right. right. And, and, you know, one of the things that, um, that I've noticed, and, and maybe you've noticed as well, is that uh, while we say old habits die hard, um, bad old habits die hard. Right. Good old habits die much easier than bad old habits. Mm -hmm. But the older the habit the stronger it holds. And so really when we're talking about habits, what we're talking about is, is choices, mm -hmm. uh, choices of actions and behaviors and thoughts that we make repeatedly enough that it becomes an acquired, uh, an acquired default so that I've made this choice enough times that I've uh, driven ruts into the path. There's, there's some, I mean, I'm not going to forget the right number, but there's some uh, book or article out there that says it takes X amount of weeks or days to form a habit. Yeah. I've, I've seen and, everything from 21 right, to 40, right. you know, depending on who's putting it out. But the the idea, one way or another, whatever that number is, is right. I do it enough times right. that I stop thinking about it and keep doing it. Right. So that it, it becomes just my become normal. something on my checklist. It becomes something that's a part of me. Yeah, it, it, it's developing a default. Right. And so uh, that's something that we all deal with. I knew if I, <laughs> even if I move it closer to me, you're still going to have me. Sit Don't relax. Of, so. <laughs> now I must drink coffee. <laughs> But the idea of developing a default is, is getting to a place where this is my, this is my automatic, mm -hmm. the thing I don't have to think about. And we all have that. I mean, everybody has a routine of some sort. You know, maybe it's you know, when you um, get out of the car, you put your key in your pocket or you put your key right. in your purse or right. you, know, you set it down on, on the table when you come in the house or, or you know, whatever. There's different things. You know, you, the lights you turn off before you go to bed or, or you, you know, lock the door at this right. time. <clears throat> my daughter, when I put her in bed, always has a specific, she's got some issues, so, you know, a specific routine that we have to follow. My son does too. It's and, and, yes, my daughter's 13. But <laughs> You set it up. <laughs> uh, and, and my son is too. And I, I kid about that, but I do too. I mean, yeah, I, no, I, there yeah, are certain things. There you are certain, brush your teeth, you do Certain this, times I want to take a shower, right. certain times I don't. Right. Certain, you know, right, brush your teeth. I, I, you know, I take my contacts out, right. brush my teeth right. in the same order, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. without thinking about it. Right. It's not like I'm consciously now choosing this. Now I have to do this, this. now I have to do this, now I have to do right. But the nature of habits is that bad habits are very easy to form. Sure. Good habits take a lot more work. Sure. That's not really surprising considering that we have the world, the flesh, and the devil conspiring against good habits. We're, we're bent towards sin. We're bent away from obeying and honoring God. And if we're bent toward that because of our own sin, and we live in a world that presses us into a mold so that we fit the ungodliness of the system we live in, mm -hmm. plus we have an active enemy who's seeking to sow seeds of evil and sin in our lives, seeking to disrupt our good habits and, and encourage the bad habits, then it shouldn't be surprising to us at all that good habits would take work and right. bad habits don't take any work at all. But isn't that the point? 
I think it is. <laughs> I think that's exactly what we're talking. When we're talking about discipleship, um, we're, we're talking about the process of becoming like the master, right? right? So we're the students. So we want to become like the master. And as we do this, uh, Ephesians 5 says, be imitators of God uh, in, the, in the older edition of the NIV, which is still better. Um, but it, it, it's the idea of doing the things that are godly, doing the Christ-like things. Knowing that we're never going to be perfect. No, and we're never going to be. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to be him. Right. We're only going to be us right. as a reflection of right. him. But we can be a better reflection or a right. worse reflection. But as we process all this stuff, you know, when Paul talks about the things in his letters, that he talks about whether it's Philippians talking about joy in, in bad circumstances, or or Colossians focusing on the supremacy of Christ over all things, or Ephesians recognizing who we are and living as uh, as children of light. In that, you know, the the response in Romans as a living sacrifice. All of these things that he talks about are not one-time choices. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, let's just okay, here we got a sermon, let's do this, and we're good, we're mm -hmm. covered, or we make a checklist. It's the process of walking in holiness. Uh, Peter quotes the Old Testament in saying that, you know, the Lord tells us, "Be holy as I'm holy." Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean? It means be set apart. It doesn't mean that we can be God. Of course we can. But God is other, and for us. Holiness is to be set apart, separated, to be other, to be set apart for God. So that while we are not perfect, as you said, we're not, uh, we're not perfectly conformed to the likeness of Christ, we are increasingly conformed to the likeness of Christ. And our destiny is to one day be perfectly conformed. That's what God is doing in us. And that takes work. It does take work. And God allows us the privilege, the blessing of being able to participate in that work mm -hmm. with him. Now, it requires faith. Mm -hmm. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, according to Hebrews 11, 6. But as we do this, as we choose to abide in him, to continue to, to hang on, to cling to Christ, to do the Christ things, then it, it doesn't gain us points with God, but it, it changes our default. And one of the things about habits is... is uh, Habits like addictions, which are essentially just habits of thought and behavior that take us in a in a an extreme in a right, right. An extreme and generally negative way. As we get those addictions, it's we're it's such a default for us that anything apart from that feels wrong. It's just an automatic. Just, right. When I get stressed, this mm -hmm. is where I go. Mm -hmm. How awesome is it when our default becomes? And when I'm stressed, I have to pray. I'm, I'm addicted to prayer. I'm, 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 oh my gosh, I have to get with God's people in church. I, I feel overwhelmed. I got to get to the Bible. I got to get with other people so that I can, can focus on Christ. That's not our default by nature. And it's not the default for most of us in our practice. But by choosing the habits that we have, by doing the right things by choice until eventually we get so used to doing those things that it's, it doesn't have to be a conscious choice anymore. It's just our default. Then that, that level of discipleship makes everything else a lot easier. It doesn't, it doesn't mean we're sinless. It doesn't mean we're perfect or everything's, nothing's ever going to go wrong and our circumstances will be right. It's none of that stuff. That's the kind of prosperity teaching that, that becomes silly mm -hmm. or the kind of legalism uh, that we see in, in, uh, the, in, you know, that the Reformation kind of pulled us away from. And we saw so much of this legalistic idea that if I do this, if I say the right prayer, if I go to, you know, go to confession at this time and I participate in the Mass and I go through the rituals, then, then God's going to bless me. God's mm -hmm. going to pour this stuff mm -hmm. out on me. And, and he'll accept me. Well, all, 
all the acceptance is in Christ because he bore all the wrath. There's nothing left. God wants us to walk with him. That's all he's really ever wanted. If we go back to Genesis from, from day one, all he's ever wanted was for us to receive the perfection that he's, that he's given us. Mm-hmm. And we chose everything else. But he wants so much to bless us, and he wants us to have this victorious experience. But we find that victorious experience in him. If our primary pursuit is to get the experience, to get the gift, and we forget the giver, then we've missed it. But if we really love him and we want the giver, then we will embrace the gift and we'll continue to to utilize it, to, to walk forward in it. So the Holy Spirit in us empowers us to live a life that's pleasing to God. Because the Holy Spirit has empowered us to do that, God then also requires us to respond to the Spirit. Paul says not to quench the Spirit. We want to, uh, we, we want to push forward into this, uh, what we could call working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That we, you know, we see the importance of this. Therefore, I choose to prioritize this behavior, this thinking, this practice, because this practice supports the eternal principles that will make me more like Christ. So anyway, as we're looking at it, we, you know, we focus on a, a couple of, um, of passages because we can't read the whole Bible on a Sunday morning. So we'll look uh, specifically at, um, at Romans 12, uh, Ephesians 5, Romans 12, Psalm 119. In fact, I'm going to look at Ephesians 5 first because that's where I happen to be right now in my Bible. Uh, <clears throat> but after going through the first three chapters of, of talking about what it means to be alive in Christ, that you know, prior to to our relationship with Christ, all of us were dead in our sin, uh, but because of Christ reconciling us to God, now we can be reconciled to one another. God is reconciling all things to Himself. There's a oneness, there's a unity that comes out of that that becomes the natural thing. And in Ephesians four. Um, he says that you you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. So live as children of light. And then at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5, first verse, this is from the um, NIV 84 edition. Um, again, the best English translation there is. I might be biased. Anyhow, How many times are you going to sneak that one? As many as I can. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe Zondervan will, will bring that uh, back out as an option that you can actually get online because right now you can't get oh, you it can't. online. It's, oh, it's they should print. have. Yeah, it's out of print. You can get the new one. For a while they had both. Well, the 80s are coming back. No, so. you can't uh, do it. It's, uh, yeah, it's probably a DC Wonder Woman thing. They'll bring back the NIV. <laughs> the 84 so. miles going to be in Wonder Woman. Yeah. So anyhow... Um, <laughs> If any of you hear that, it's a great marketing idea. The Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot. So, um, which I just found out she actually pronounces Gadot. I, oh, I, that disappoints I, me. I never knew that. But, you know, so anyway, uh, the things you learn. But it says in, in Ephesians 5.1, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offer, offering and sacrifice to God. And he goes on to talk about specific uh, specific. Um, behaviors. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Now, it's important for us to recognize he's not saying if you get rid of these things, then you'll become God's holy people. The whole point of the first three chapters is you are in Christ by by faith. You're saved through uh, you're saved by grace through faith 
even the faith isn't from you, it's not from works, but you are also saved because in Christ you are God's workmanship, you are his magnum opus, and you are created in Christ to do these works that he's set out for you from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you're not gaining points with God, you're not becoming God's holy people by cleaning up your act, quite the opposite. He said, don't have these things because they don't fit who you are. Because of who you are, don't do this stuff. But that's a choice. So if I choose that once in a while, then I'm going to struggle. Right. If I make it my practice until it becomes so abnormal, that, and I was talking with my mom yesterday about, about this very concept, that 40 years ago, as you were, 40 years ago, as you're at a certain place in your life, there were things that were normal. But now 40 years later, having walked with Christ for, for those 40, longer than that, but for those 40 years, the things that were normal then were unthinkable now. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't fit. I can't, can't even, like, you know, <laughs> if my mom were, you know, to, to go to a party and have somebody try to, you know, offer her a drink or whatever, uh, my, uh, uh, she was raised to pretend you're drinking, go along with, you know, she couldn't even fathom that. It just, just and my mom no, told me not to even go to a party where there was alcohol because I'd get arrested too. <laughs> well, that's what my mom told me. See, our moms are very wise. But but those things just wouldn't fit. You know, right. when when uh, she and my dad were first married, they, you know, she, was, she would try to make things pretty. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my dad was coming from a, a drinking family, and so um, we had a kind of a, a Budweiser house, you know, in, in the basement. And so we'd have the Clydesdales, and my mom would focus on the pretty stuff. But she realized that just was not working, condensing the story. Fast forward 40 years, that's an unthinkable thought. Nobody, right. nobody who knows my mom now can even picture that right. unless you were there. You can't even imagine that. That just doesn't fit in any way. That's what we're talking about with these habits. That's what, what Paul's talking about here in becoming imitators of God. When you do these things, it becomes the habit makes the, it, it changes the default to where some things just don't even seem right to you. Yeah, and you can think about those things from you know, 40 years ago, or even a year ago, considering right. if, if you've developed these habits, so let's say a year, now that we're in the new year and everyone's talking about this. Right. If you look, I'll use myself, if I look back to where I was a year ago, yeah. I, I'm like, ew. What? And not that I'm perfect by any means, or I'm even far five from years it. Ago, you know, right. go back five years ago. And I have a heck of a lot of work to go, yeah. but I... I guess I tr I've tried to develop habits, and you look back at the, some of the things you've done, and it's it, you feel ashamed. Yeah. Um, but you don't think the same way now that you thought. Right. That. There's been a change. And you, you almost think, how could I have been that way? How could I have done that? How yeah. could I have ever thought that was okay? <clears throat> well, and, and it, it, it does require choosing. You know, all of these things that Paul says, you know, don't do these things, stay away from these things. The reason he's saying that is because if you don't make a choice, that's where you're going to end up. That, that's the nature of us is to go into those directions. And then he, he gives some positive things uh, that, you know, we need to, to uh, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but this is verse 15, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're seeing the positive alternatives so it's you know kind of like the eat this not that books it, it's choose this not that debauchery it's, is it, one of my favorite words it is a good word instead of doing these things that lead away from god you might call them fellowship breakers remove those fellowship breakers get rid of that 
Instead, choose to do the things that foster fellowship, that are taking you forward in your walk. So, you know, I love the illustration that he says, the imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Well, children choose to follow their, their parents right. when they're young. Right. But by the time you're 20-something, you know, usually in your teens, you're, you're doing things that are a lot like your parents, but you don't know it. And you usually don't want to admit it when you're in your teens. Then in your 20s, you start to realize, hey, mom and dad were a lot smarter than I thought right. they were. Hey, I'm becoming you know? my mother. <laughs> right. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But as you're working through these things, the, when you're a kid, you're deliberately trying to model yourself after mom and dad. You know, like daddy's your hero, mom is your hero. You want to be just like them. And then later on, you haven't maybe thought about it for a long time, but now you're at a place where you almost can't not do that because it's so ingrained in you. That's what we're talking about in deliberately choosing our habits. When we, when we become imitators of God and we do these things, then it, it presses us into a different mold. In Romans 12, um, really is a key thing. I, I, we won't have time today to talk about some of the other passages, but you know, when you look at, at Romans 12, um, having laid out the human condition, laid out the, the plan of salvation, talked about God's great grace and his sovereignty uh, in, uh, in saving us in spite of the fact that we really uh, in ourselves have no interest in being saved, uh, gives an illustration from Israel's history. Paul gets to a place in Romans 12 where he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is your, your right and proper worship. And he goes on in verse 2. This is where we start to see the habit developing. And then for the rest, the rest of chapter 12, he's talking about behavioral things that come out of this. But he says, Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And that there's a picture here of being pressed into a mold. Don't, don't allow yourself to be pressed into the mold of how this world operates and thinking normal ways. We get concerned about normal. He said, don't be normal. Don't, don't get stuck in that pattern. Instead, don't worry. <laughs> be transformed, changed, morphed by the renewing of your mind. So that renewing of your mind is a developing of new thought patterns. Mm -hmm. We're changing the way we think we're instead of doing the normal thing trusting in my own understanding what do i think makes sense i get to run my own life i'm going to follow the you know the things that i've been taught what my professors said you know what you know what uncle jim always told me was good advice you know all these different things i want to take the you know the wisdom of the world and cast that aside and replace that with god's word and that's the whole emphasis of Psalm 119 is, man, I got to hide God's word in my heart. I got to hammer this into my psyche so that I can't not think according to God's word. <clears throat> so be transformed. It's a passive voice. We change from the inside out. But there's an external activity that we have to choose to participate in. That's the renewing of our mind. We drill down. We put God's word in our heart so that, as the psalmist says, we might not sin against him. And in so doing, we are arming, so to speak, the Holy Spirit in us. So that's the, the offensive weapon in our spiritual armor is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So when we put the Word of God in us, we are giving the Holy Spirit the, the sword within us that, that He can wield in changing us and transforming us. So 
don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when we do that, he says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if we want to know how to walk right, if we want to be able to develop this relationship with God in a way that, that we can have confidence as we walk forward in Christ, uh, then the way to do that is to choose our habits, to make these habits our, our servants and not our masters. When we do that, then we, we find that our discipleship will grow. Uh, we'll end there for today. I want to recommend uh, a song by a band called Castro. It's called Automatic. I think we've done it once. We have, before. yes. Um, it kind of fits with, with what we're talking about here, I think. I'm going to go listen to it. It's, I like that song yeah. a lot. So my song suggestion for this week is Automatic by Castro. Automatic by Castro. Listen to it. Um, and then we will stop there. But uh, for the live stream, uh, again, this podcast will be posted on Tuesday. For the traditional podcasters, you're getting this on your regular day. So thanks for listening, everybody.